Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. I'm telling you, chains are going to break this morning. There is freedom in this house this morning. We're going to stay in this place. We're going to keep seeing this through. Lift your hands. I'm telling you, we're going to get a war this morning. War on the enemy. War on his enemies. Emotional healing. There's somebody here from a very young age. You suffered a terrible moment in time. God wants to remove that pain this morning and bring his peace. Just let it go. Bible says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. I'm telling you, more happens in a moment of encounter with the Holy Spirit than a lifetime of seeking and searching and struggling and striving. As we wait on Him, we're refreshed. As we wait on Him, He works for us. 
He's working all things together for our good. This morning, God is working on your behalf. He's working good towards your future. He's, he's orchestrating, ministering spirits to deliver those promises that have been made and dropped upon your spirit. As Pastor Tim was saying, just receive. Don't let that flow be blocked this morning. Just receive. Let's continue our worship. Let's continue our praise. Let's continue our adoration. Because if you could have changed you, you would have by now. But today you stand in a house of miracles. Today you stand in the presence of the King. And He can do more and wants to do more. The Bible says He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. Do you understand what that means? You came here with desires. You came here with purpose. You came here with intent. And God has even more towards you. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to bless you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. As we do life in partnership with the Holy Spirit, He leads us and guides us into a brand new day. He leads us and guides us into all things good. I love what David said. He said, I would have lost heart if I had not believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord. I feel like we're entering church into a season of the goodness of yeah, God. Come on. The provision of God, the, the overflow, the love, the abundance, the exceeding abundance of God. Can you take a hold of that this morning? God has more for you than you've ever thought or imagined. He's not withholding. He's not holding back like Pastor Tim said. He said, just agree with me. Just put your yes and amen with what I've already declared over your life. I have the greatest life in store for you that you could ever live. Just agree with me. Just walk with me. Just find that rhythm and flow that I have and watch what I will do. I'm excited for what God is about to do in your life and in this house and in our community and through us collectively. God is so amazing. Can we put our hands together and just bless you this morning? Come on, the scriptures say, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Let's get excited this morning about standing in the presence of the King. Let's bless the Lord with everything we have. Let's bring His glory to the King. People that are receiving their miracles this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we bless you. We lift high the name of Jesus and we bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody here and you've got pain down the front of your shins. And it's like, and it seems muscular, but in your mind you're not, not sure if it's muscular or it's bone or it's tendon or ligament, whoever that is. You're going to feel heat right now up and down your legs. It's like a, a pulse up and down your legs. God's healing it. And if you want to come forward, we'll pray. If not, just where you are, accept and receive that healing. And Matt and Kelly, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm always glad you're here. You're just beautiful people. But I, I honestly feel like right now you are standing under an open heaven. And you think you've come here because it was the desire of your heart, but God has drawn you to this place. And I see enlargement. I see the blessing of heaven. I see the, the flow of God towards your life. Don't limit what God can do through your life through small thinking. Right now is the time to dream and to dream big, to have this audacious dream because God is going to back your efforts. And you made some hard decisions on the journey to here, but you stuck to the decisions you made. And there was two or three opportunities where you could have actually gone, no, no, we're going to pivot. We're going to do this instead. But you, in yourselves, you made a decision. No, this 
is the commitment we made. I'm telling you, God is going to honour that commitment. Your life from here winds upwards. The days ahead are blessed of heaven. Walk in that blessing. Be the blessing that you've called to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, one more time before we grab our seats. Let's bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can grab your seats. Can we thank the team? Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Thank you, guys. We love you. Thank you for always leading us in worship for being here. You are unbelievable. We love you. Well, church, are you glad to be in the house this morning? I'm glad to be here. We were Actually, we preached last weekend at God in the City, the amazing God in the City. It's been going for 22 years. Absolutely unbelievable. I think I might pivot this morning. Vicky, I'm going to apologise. You can put up the, the, the preaching screen, but I'm not actually going to preach the message that I prepared. I kind of struggled with it this week, and I felt like God just didn't give me release, and I think I'm going to do it next next week. The, the title of the message is, It's Go Time. And I truly believe as a, it's go time. Yeah. It's not time to talk about being the church. It's not time to pontificate about being the church. It's not time to wonder what is the church. It's time for the church to rise, to go and be all that God has called us to be in our community. So I'm, like, I'm going to preach about that next week. Is that all right? I'm going to get myself excited this week. But what I'm actually going to do is I sense, sorry about the throat, sorry about the voice, um, I, I sense just, a thread of worship this morning and, and a flow of the heart of God for his people. And there's a whole lot of elements that make up a service, but at, at the core of who we are, God has called us to be worshippers. It says, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? It says that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. And as I put God first in my life and then I extend love towards my neighbour, I start looking like Christ. But, but at the heart of it has to be a heart of worship. David was a worshipper. David was not only a warrior that brought down giants, but he was a worshipper. And the, the thing that should underpin our lives is, is a heart and a desire and a passion to worship our King, to worship our Saviour. So I actually this morning, I think I've got another microphone somewhere right here. I'm actually going to ask Ryan Smith, can you come and join me, mate? Ryan is my brother-in-law. I didn't give him any notice, so that's that's how we like to roll. Um, Ryan uh, is, is a worshipper. He was Phil Pringle's um, worship pastor. <laughs> for, for 20 plus years, you've written over and you played on what 30 something albums. That. You've Good morning, everyone. To it all across the world, yeah. uh, and you, a lot of the songs that C3 have sung have come from yourself, yourself and yeah. team collaborating and writing worship songs. But I, I want to just go a little deeper this morning and to you, what does worship mean? Well, how long is this? How long is this? No, we got we got till at least next Sunday. So we're oh, good. Okay, we're settling. I hope you brought a good book. Um, <laughs> worship. What is worship? What does worship mean? Um, well, if there's one thing about being in a role like that and writing songs and turning up every week and punching in and punching out, the thing that worship teaches you is that. Uh, well, actually, I learned more about what worship isn't. Um, more than what worship is, right? And it's very easy to think of worship as music, vibration, sound, songs, and all the rest of it. Just a tiny little part of it, really. It's got to do with our whole life. It's our lifestyle. And uh, it's a sacred stone. Worship itself is a sacred stone that keeps the altar of our lives from, from breaking down. And um, it's not sort of something that you sort of clock on and clock off. You know, I think I'll 
be a worshipper now, but then I will, you know, have double standards. It's um, it infiltrates every area of your life, from the conversations you have to uh, what you do when no one's looking. And um, yeah, it, God is. It, it's about communion with God, really. I think. I mean, I can keep going. If you're going to keep going, I'll certainly talk about it. Um, but uh, funny, you know, I went away to the mountains recently. I've never done this before. I um, went to speak in a friend's church in the mountains and back in Sydney. And I said, he said, uh, do you want to stay in town? I said, actually, no, I don't. I want to stay in a little cabin in the woods about an hour out because I just want to spend three or four days and just and be with God before I get there. So I took the week off before the weekend. He put me in this tiny little church that had been gutted and turned into a bed and breakfast. And it was in the middle of nowhere. And it's easy to be on your own, except when the sun goes down. Because when the sun goes down, you really are on your own. There's no one else around. You know, I'm thinking, oh, shit, this is what it feels like to be on your own. But um, I just sat there for three days and three nights and just uh, listened to the heartbeat of the Father. And uh, he began to talk to me about this whole issue of condemnation and how uh, a lot of the church struggles with um, the spirit of condemnation. But what worship does is it causes all of that, those feelings of disapproval to evaporate. And um, you mentioned David before somebody who had a revelation of what it was to be intimate with the Father in that place of loving union. And I honestly believe prophetically that the church is, is uh, kind of going back to the mountains, going back to the backside of the mountains. David never knew who he was becoming on the backside of the mountains and he didn't mind the lowly task of shepherding because it actually was away from the noise in a place of intimacy and transparency and radical openness. And the church is really moving away from some of the things that it's it hasn't realized it's become attached to uh, like maybe performance or maybe doing for god to the degree that our being with god is um sort of uh not attended to david's out there on the backside of the mountains and he's hearing the heartbeat of god and everything that came out of his life really started in the place of intimacy which is fascinating to me. The giant made him famous, but it was his intimacy and his worship that brought him to the corridors of power. So, awesome. I want to ask you something in line with what you just said, because we've walked through a season, and every single one of us is walking through a season. And you said that he became famous when he took down a giant, but it was his intimacy that prepared him. And just a second ago, you said, for three days, I, I listened to the heartbeat of God. Yes. So that's right, sorry. Because it's, you know, I love it because the thing is this, we go, so it's how do I get close to God? Do I, I, I pray. That's a good question. And you should pray. How do I get close to God? You read your word and you should read your word. But how do we position ourselves to, to hear the heartbeat of God or the voice of God? It's not always audible, but, but in that time, okay, so firstly you set time aside. This was intentional. It wasn't just ad hoc or this is, I'm in the car or I'm doing This was intentional time set aside. Yes. Uh, so what does that look like for you or how do we do the, how does the average punter hear the heartbeat of God or the voice of God? Yeah, well, that's, a, that's an excellent question. Um, the, the thing that, the, that we perhaps haven't talked about enough in the church at large is the importance of um, our emotions. And um, we've been really good at spiritual health, really good at turning up and conforming to the principles of God's word and singing songs and all that stuff. But, um, uh, perhaps not uh, attending enough to the area of our emotional world. And um, to hear from God requires radical openness. Um, it, it requires us being emotionally available to God. And um, that is not something that comes easily to us because in the West, particularly in the churches, we kind of seen as anti-faith. Um, but God feels 
and we feel. And um, what that looks like is, is asking God what's underneath all sorts of emotions. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a bad day, but believe it or not, God is underneath that. How is that God coming to you? How is that God coming to me? It's not a sign that you've done something wrong. In fact, very often it's a sign that you've done something right. And, and God comes to us through a variety of emotions to have an off date of sadness. Very often God wants to speak to us through our sadness. God wants to speak to us through our disappointments and our disillusionment. And it's not a sign that we failed. It's just a sign that we're human. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, for somebody yeah. this morning, the reality failed. Yeah, no, you haven't failed. Not at all. On the contrary, um, so to to set aside time, or to be intimate, or to have a life that where you cultivate intimacy, is a life of radical openness and emotional availability to God. And what that tends to do is it tends to spill out into all of our relationships, where we begin to see one another as people made in the image of God, worthy of care and rest, and uh, we don't objectify one another anymore or see people as, right. as objects, but rather we see, we're looking into the eyes of, of God himself because um, we've, we've had an identity crisis in the church for so long where image over substance yeah. has been, uh, it's been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, really, if, if you're somebody who, who can't celebrate your uniqueness or look in the mirror and think, wow, this is not my accident. You know, I spent years of my life beating myself up for different things, you know, like could have been the sound of my voice or the way I looked or whatever until one day and consequently in the mountains recently, God's like, what, you think I made a mistake? And he took me to Psalm 139, he took me to Romans 8, he took me to Psalm 51. And I began to read the scriptures, but guess what? For the first time in 45 years it made sense. Well, actually, that's a slight exaggeration, but it sort of it, it, it began to, it, it means something that I've never met before. The amazing thing is, and I've heard this over the years, you've heard this as well, that, that there's a statement that, that Jesus accepts you and God accepts you, why don't you accept you? And, you know, we'll ask Jesus in our heart, we'll say, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, you're awesome, Jesus, you're amazing. But then he's saying, that's fantastic, now accept you. That's very good. And I think worship is the medium that allows us to accept us. Yeah. Warts and all, flaws and all that, because I start to see myself as he sees me. And, and like you said, you said, so you got radically emotionally open, and then God started speaking to you, and then he started to re revealing to you. I think one of the main aspects of worship is God revealing to us how he sees us. Absolutely. So, so Ryan just said, I don't know if you caught that, but he said, you know, Psalm 139, uh, was it Psalm 51? Psalm 51, Romans 8. Romans 8. These are all scriptures that talk to us about us. That we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that we're God's masterpiece, that we're, we're his work. And so, so you know, and that's where it says in Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Yes. Before you were born, I set you apart and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Before you, God. Yeah. God knew you and wanted you and thought about you. I know the plans I have, I think, towards you, says the Lord. And the amazing thing is this. I, because I think some people think worship is singing songs yeah. or worship, I've got to be a, a musician or I have to be a, a poet or a writer or I just sing. But worship's so much bigger than that because it says in Isaiah 54, it says, Sing, O barren woman, yeah. you who have not born for more of the children of the desolate than that of the married woman. Yes. So, so talk to me about that for a minute because the fact of the matter is we're all different. We're all unique. I, I can't play. Brian sat down before and he said, thank God somebody in the family's got some musical talent. And he was laughing at me. 
and looking at Zach uh, because I can play the fool and not much else. Uh, if you give me a triangle, I did see that Ryan um, Drew had the, the, the tambourine. I could possibly tap out a time, uh, but I don't have to be a musician or a songwriter to be a worshipper. No. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. We, we kind of like, there's a bit of demarcation, you know, you're a musician, you're this, you're that. Can I just say this morning that um, before you're anything, before you're a business owner, before you're a, uh, a father, before you're a brother, before you're an employee, you're first child of God. And um, everything comes out of that uh, spirit of sonship. And uh, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how great your family of origin and kickoff was, it doesn't matter how... Um, brilliant you might think it was, or maybe it was average. Um, we're all made from the same grid and every single one of us have to break the orphan spirit and the spirit of rejection, which are the strong feelings of disapproval that you feel on a daily basis. I'm not good enough, therefore I have to over-function in order to make up for a perceived missing piece, which is not true, I'm too much or I'm too little. All of us feel that. No one's, there's no Robinson Crusoe. We all struggle with that one. Yeah. But this is the other thing. Is, here's the other thing that we all are in this room. Every single one of us is a vessel of honour and an instrument of praise because the band was outstanding. <coughs> say that again. Oh, sorry. Every single one of us is a, is a, is a vessel of honour and an instrument of, of praise. Yeah. Um, I, I know this, we don't want this to be a science lesson, but um, they did an archaeological um, dig of David's dynasty about 40 years ago and they found a tuning fork and uh, concert A was resonating at the same frequencies as all, of all of creation. Uh, the sun, the moon, the stars, the water, the trees, the whole thing. And even the very uh, frequencies that our body resonate are in line with nature. So it's just going to talk about the proper order. David talked a lot about the proper order of things. Things can become misguided in our lives. Every single one of us in this room, as far as the proper order is concerned, is an instrument of praise. You don't have to play an instrument. You indeed are vibrating with the same frequencies as creation. So even if you sing a note, turn up to church, in your car, whatever, you uh, have genetics that are vibrating in line with creation. And when the band gets up and plays, it's just an extension of those vibrations. It's all coming together to make one incredible symphony every Sunday or whenever we do it in a, in a situation where we congregate. So. Wow, I love that. Yeah. You are the symphony. You are the song. Your life represents God. Instrument of praise. Instrument of praise. And the the thing is, I don't know how crisp this theology is, and maybe it's still under construction and there's a little bit of debate, but uh, before Lucifer fell, there is uh, a lot of theologians that believe that he actually had uh, pipes in his uh, physical, or in his angelic being. And that when God would blow, the wind would, would come through his angelic being and it would create... Uh, the sound of worship in heaven. Um, yeah, that he was actually an instrument of praise. Amazing. Yeah, but that's why worship is so heavily contended. If you're a worship leader in this room and you don't feel absolutely terrible on the eve before a service, then um, you're not doing it right. Um, because worship and warfare are synonymous. And I've found that worship is a contact sport. And uh, you've got to be match fit. Yeah. That's very good. Okay, so how do you get match fit though? So if, if I haven't worshipped much, if I haven't, because I didn't know that I could or I didn't feel worthy or I didn't, but now I'm starting to realise, well, it will. I am the instrument of worship. I'm the vessel of honour. Yeah. How do I how do I start to get match fit for that? So because because I, I want the church to grow. I want us to be stronger tomorrow than we are today. I want us to shine brighter tomorrow. Have more faith rising on the inside of us. So, and because I I'm I'm yeah. convinced that faith is a byproduct of worship. 
Yes. That the more I work, because when I worship something other than me, yeah. other than what I have or other than what I want, when I when I start to worship God and put him in his rightful place, mm-hmm. it's literally like faith starts to stir and rise. And you know where it says in Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, yeah. since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those that have gone to eternity before us, those that are standing, looking over the balconies of, of heaven, cheering us on. Yeah. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great, great a cloud of witnesses, let's cast off every weight, mm-hmm. sin which so easily entangles mm-hmm. us, and let's run with endurance the race, because this is a race of endurance. Yeah. It's not a sprint. It's not, I ask Jesus into my life now, happy, happy days to go through the tulips. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a marathon. It's a, it's a, a, a war of attrition, a race of distance, mm-hmm. but it's my faith and my, my worship that carries me let us cast off every weight. Sin which so easily entangles us. Let's run with endurance. The race set before us, looking unto Jesus, yeah. the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before yeah. him endured the cross, scorning and shame, is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. It's literally like I, I, I had this revelation that the only thing we're created to carry yeah. is the glory of God. That's right. That's the only thing humanity has been created to carry. You're not designed to carry worry, anxiety, stress, fear. Any other thing, the, we're to cast that at the feet of Jesus. Yes. Every day, every every moment, every situation, storm I find myself in. That's when we're talking about storms. Then we're talking about my weapon is my melody. Yes. And the reality is that's that's just not rhetoric. That's reality. Your weapon is your melody. Your weapon is the song that can't be silenced. So when the enemy wants to intimidate and he wants to minimize, he wants to take your voice. But but God said, if you will open your mouth, I will fill your mouth. Because I created you before you were born to be a prophet and to declare and see the things that you speak in faith. And I love Isaiah 55. It says, not one word spoken in the name of Jesus will return void, but it will accomplish that for which it was sent. There's not one word you speak in faith. Mm-hmm. Not one word that you attach the name of Jesus to that won't come to pass. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. Mm-hmm. So, so, so start to speak. Don't let the enemy steal your song. Mm-hmm. Let worship. I, you know, I, I love walking into people's houses where they've just got worship playing. Yeah. And you walk in and there's just songs of praise. Mm-hmm. So it, it shifts the atmosphere. Yeah. It, it lifts heaviness. And it, and it takes me to a place that I can't get to in the natural. Yeah. And if you, if you are facing life at the moment and it's heavy, or you're facing challenges or accusations or other, and, it, and, it's, and it's bearing down on you, get your praise on, get your worship on, open yourself up to, you know, and, and can I say, get a bit of mongrel on the inside, push back yeah. on yeah. darkness, push back on the attack. The Bible says no weapon formed you shall formed against you shall prosper. There's nothing formed against you that's going to overcome you. You're a victor by birth. And, and so we are that instrument of praise and we are that vessel of honor. But we were born with, with the DNA of victory on the inside of us. Absolutely. If death couldn't hold Jesus, yeah. and that's what Ephesians says, is the same power that God worked in Jesus when he raised him from the dead is at work in you. Right now, that same power is at work in your life. It is. Sing your way to victory. Definitely. Worship your way to freedom. Just worship your way into the presence of God. That's my thing. Absolutely. And you, you talked about the, the weights that come against us, right? It's trying to shut that down. To understand the highly structured nature of the spirit world, which we haven't talked about because worship is a spiritual act. Faith is a spirit. You talk about faith before, it's a, it is a spirit. And uh, not being naive to uh, the atmosphere, spiritual climates that we walk in and out of, it's very important for us to stay sharp to that. And um, 
anxiety has got a very strong gravitational point. And it's sort of, it's over communities, it's over businesses, it's over families, it's over societies. For us, what worship ultimately does is causes us to be a non-anxious presence in society. And moving forwards, I mean, the church has is not guilty of not having done everything. I mean, if there's anything that COVID taught us, I had to bring up COVID. I don't want to use the word COVID, pivoting, or uh, unprecedented. Those words are banned in our colleges. If I hear that one more time, you're out. No, um, but, but in society, it pulls us in. We have to realize that, um, that you talk about pushing back on the dark. It's getting a bit of mongrel in us. If we intend to uh, have influence in society, um, what that looks like as a worshiper, what the result of having a life of worship is to actually be an anxious presence. We lower the voltage of people's anxiety. When somebody has interacted with us, you know, chance meeting, sliding doors moment, place of work, family gathering, when they walk away from us, they should actually walk away feeling better about themselves. Come on. Because if we really have been with Christ, if we're really living a life that's fully submerged, when people have spent time with us, they should leave that interaction with the, the level of anxious voltage on their life lowered significantly. Because that's what the anointing does. It breaks the yoke back to performance, back to over-functioning, back to over-responsibility. A lot of the anxiety we feel, we're convinced is this responsibility God never charged us with the burden of hunger. Somewhere along the line we picked it up and we thought, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And God's like, no, I don't ask you to do that at all. I just ask you to, to relax into me. Being a Christian, being a worshiper is about relaxing into God and staying there. You've got one job to do and that's to remain. Okay, so, so Ryan just said to you, he says, you're, you're, you've been created to be a non-anxious presence. Hmm. That blows my mind. And I agree with that 100%. That, that you're, you've been placed on this planet to be a non-anxious presence. That who, when others engage and encounter you, walk away less anxious than they were. That's right. I've got to ask myself, is that Christian, is that you? Do people walk away with their anxieties lowered, with the weights that they carry, the pressures that they're facing eased when they've encountered you? If not, I need to worship. I need to seek God more. Not, not for me, not for him, for others. Yeah, that's right. Because I've been called into partnership with him. That's unbelievable. And you don't have to do, you just have to be. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.